Hello, everybody. Welcome back to C-Store Center. I'm your host, Mike Hernandez. And last time, I told you guys a little story about uh, something I noticed as I was walking my parking lot. You know, when I got up to the store, I noticed uh, an employee's vehicle, and he had uh, grocery bags, you know, bags full of groceries and stuff in there. And, you know, I kind of wanted to follow up on that, uh, and that's really the theme of today's podcast, uh, Curiosity Can Cure. And I know a lot of people think curiosity killed a cat, and in some cases it does. I guess it just depends on the context and the situation. But when you're in a convenience store, you need to take a look at, I mean, something's catching your eye. Something is raising your curiosity. And a lot of times, because people are too busy with everything they have going on, managers, maybe even store owners, um, you don't give it too much thought. You notice it, your ears perk up, you kind of take a look at it, and, um, you know, you let it go. So before you know it, auditors walk in the door and you've got some problems <clears throat> or your boss comes in and there's some issues. And uh, if you're a, an independent owner and you're not inventorying your store, then, you know, you may never really know the extent of that. You even have a problem, I guess you might not even know you have a problem or, or the true extent of it. So that's what I really wanted to talk about today is when you notice something, stop, and dig a little deeper, take a look at it, make a note of nothing else. I know some days are hectic, but you need to make time to dig a little deeper, try to find out what's going on. If it's nothing, then no harm, no foul, everything's good. You looked, you might discover something along the way, learn something along the way, maybe add a few more details to the knowledge that you have. But if, if it is something, you're going to know right away. And today I'm going to talk to you guys actually about increasing sales and how this would apply to increasing your sales. It's very easy for us to get in defensive mode, I mean, reactive mode. That's usually what happens as a store manager, maybe even as a new district manager, um, as an owner. You, you get into reactive mode. Um, and a lot of times, um, it comes back to bite you in the behind. It comes back to catch up with you. But again, today I wanted to talk about the other side, which is growing sales. As a store manager, that's a big part of your responsibility. As somebody who owns a store, runs a store, you want to increase your sales. So I'm going to tell you about an experience that I had several years ago. Actually, it was in 2008, I think. So about 12 years ago, I was uh, working for an organization, and they had some truck stops. And um, I was spending time between three, one in Oklahoma City, one in Dodge City, Kansas, and one in Joplin, Missouri. Now, Oklahoma City was my home store, 
we had acquired a store in Dodge City, Kansas. And then there were some issues in Joplin that needed uh, some tending to. So my theory, or, or my theme, I guess, is that there are frequently occurring issues. You're going to hear that a lot when I talk about stuff. FOIs, frequently occurring issues. So I get to the location in Joplin, and that store was busy. I mean, it sold a lot of merchandise. And, um, you know, one of the things I noticed right off the bat is that cooler was always empty. And I thought, wow, I mean, this is a busy, busy location. Doesn't look like anybody's getting, making time to get in there to stock. So that was one of the frequently occurring issues I noticed. The next thing I noticed was, <clears throat> and I didn't notice this until later, until I actually got to that store. But uh, when I did <clears throat> get officially put in a position there, I noticed that uh, every week we were getting our orders. I was getting the same stuff. I was getting cartons of cools, you know, cool 100s. Um, I don't know, Vantage. Just some, you know, those odd odd cigarettes, maybe some uh, Capri menthols. And uh, I had a, I already had a lot of cartons on the shelf. I, you know, I'd have 10, 15 cartons of cools. Why do I keep getting cools? So, obviously, I was curious. Hey, what's going on here? And I want to give you a little more information. So, we were on an automated ordering system where everything was kind of tracked through the, the back office. And um, if you started off with 10 cans of STP motor oil treatment, as an example, and you had two or three, let's say we'll say three, you had three of those get sold, rung up through the register, the system would decrement those three, so now you have seven. And when you got to a certain point where you're on hand, and, and I'm sorry, your bill to, uh, your on hand fell below your bill to, the system would automatically order or generate an order for whatever whatever number it was that it needed to get you back to where you should be. Because you wanted to make you know, wanted to make sure that you always had product to sell. So, at first, you know, when I got there, I thought, "Wow, this is really neat that uh, it's going to save a manager a lot of time from having to go through and get out your book, your bill twos if you have them, your order guides, or uh, you know, get out your handheld and uh, have to go through." all that stuff and, and, and scan and, and, and look and see if you have anything, you know, backstock, things like that. Well, <clears throat> it seemed that way, but in reality, it was actually a lot of work, but you just broke it down into a daily, a daily thing. So I would go and check my shelves on a daily basis as a you know manager, I'd walk through the store and I would look for anything that might be low or out. So if I walked past the oil aisle and I saw that the STP oil treatment, you know, there were 
two on the shelf, I could scan it with a handheld, and it would tell me you're supposed to have seven. Well, at that point, obviously, I don't have seven on the shelf, but I'd have to go back and check my back stock. And if I had five on the shelf, then everything's good. And I would refill the shelf, put three more out there, whatever the case might have been. And then um, once I sold more and it fell below that level that I needed to be at, it would generate that order. But we had a lot of theft also. So it was likely and very possible that uh, some of that stuff might have been stolen. So in that scenario, if I had... If I scan the shelf, I see there's only two, and it says seven, and I go to the back, I don't have any back stock, I could decrement that handheld, you know, the amount in that handheld to let the system know that it was inaccurate. So the great thing about that was I was recording my shrink at that time. So I'm telling the system, wait a minute, I don't have seven, I only have two. So it was writing off, I guess that you would say, accounting for five, and it was sending that to shrink. And um, if it ended up being a mistake, and the next time I came back, I had already synced it down to two and decremented it down to two, and then somebody said, hey, I've got these uh, STPs over here. I moved them. I couldn't go and increment those I couldn't add back unless I had well actually I couldn't do it but I had to get my immediate supervisor to do that uh, we had I had a district manager and we had an assistant district manager so I had to get one of those two and there was a district accounting manager so any one of those three could could you know up that and, and the reasons were obvious why they didn't let a manager do that is because they didn't want anybody padding their inventory so if I was able to add five, why couldn't I add 20 and make my inventory level look like everything was okay? We didn't have auditors coming in. Uh, that wouldn't happen for quite some time. And as you can imagine, when they did come in, there were some huge, huge inventory losses because um, it hadn't been done for years. I mean, I'm talking probably over $100,000. Uh, in a lot of locations. So um, if you're an independent store owner and you're not doing inventories, you really need to think about it. At any rate, that's kind of how that worked. And so the first thing I did when I did get to that store is I would go sign in. I would log in. I would go get a register. We had five registers. Three were down on the diesel end, the fuel island, the diesel side. And then uh, two were on the gas station side. So <clears throat> my register was register number four. That's mine. Everybody knew it. Nobody logged into that. When I came into work, I logged into that. And the reason I did was I wanted to be able to jump in and help out whenever there were lines. Uh, if I'm walking around merchandising, doing other things, uh, and I saw a line, I could jump in there and, and get people out. But um, the first thing I started doing was getting into that cooler every morning. And I was spending several hours, two, three hours, stocking that thing up when I first got there. 
And uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I've always enjoyed working in the cooler. It's a lot of fun. Uh, gives you a chance to really think about your day, think about things. And, um, you know, it's some exercise too because you're lifting and stocking and, you know, cleaning out and doing different things. So I always enjoyed it. But, um, you know, that was an easy fix. Just dedicate the time to get in there and take care of it. The cigarette issue, that was entirely different. And I, I couldn't figure out at, right up front. It took me a couple of weeks, but I was aware. I was curious. It took me a couple of weeks, but I noticed every time the orders came in, I was getting more and more cools. So what happened was we sold cools. I mean, we were in Joplin. And uh, I wouldn't say necessarily the middle of the country, but cigarette prices in Missouri were typically lower than other parts of the country. And um, we had a, a high volume. So we were selling some cools, but the system thought there was only like two or three cartons when in fact there were 15. So every time I sold 10 or 11 packs, it would trigger to order some more cartons. And I was getting the same thing over and over. But it's not so much that it wasn't the cools that really triggered it. What, what really triggered it was, hey, how come I can't get any Marlboro Ultralights? I guess now they call them silvers. Why can't I get any of those? Man, I'm always running out. So one day I said, you know what? I'm just going to dedicate a whole day. And I used to do 10-hour shifts there from usually 9 to 7 was uh, my my favorite shift. Uh, the best you know time for me was the most where I could be the most valuable to, to my team and to my business was 9 to 7. I could catch the lunch rush. I could catch the evening rush. And I had people to take care of the morning rush, so nine o'clock was okay. But at any rate, I, I picked a day, Wednesday, and I started scanning all the cigarettes. And I treated it just like I would treat a cigarette count. So if I, if I scanned a package of Vantage, I had to go through and count every single package of Vantage. I didn't, I didn't just go with backstock. I went and I counted everything because I wanted this to be as precise, as accurate as I could get it. So what ended up happening was that took all day. I mean, it took me like literally probably like nine hours. You know, I took a, a lunch, but uh, it, it was an all day thing. So the first time I did that, oh, my God, everything was just crazy. And I called uh, my one of my bosses. Uh, great guy by the name of Jim Stober. And I would tell Jim, Jim, <laughs> this is insane. I need you to adjust these up. And obviously, I mean, there's a trust factor there. Uh, it wasn't going to be just because, but, but anytime I'd get somebody to visit, I would always show them, look, here's the issue. Uh, here's what I found. But at any rate, that's what ended up happening. So once I was able to get that corrected, I noticed I started getting more Marlboro ultralights coming in. And that was kind of a game changer because I wasn't getting everything else I needed. 
or I didn't need, I'm sorry, the cools, the vantages, the capris. And I was getting the Marlboros, you know, the truckers were coming in really upset. You're always out, you know. Um, I've been called some pretty <clears throat> nasty things, not often, but, but I have. People get really irate. I used to smoke, and I, I know. I get it to some extent, but, uh, you know, there'd be some people that were really upset. So uh, it took a lot of the stress out. The employees were in a better situation because they weren't getting yelled at anymore because we were out of something. And naturally, sales started to grow. So, and the same thing on the sales floor. I was able to look at the lows, scan them sink everything, you know, run to the back to make sure I didn't have that stuff. And then um, we started getting product. We also started noticing uh, shrink trends, all the howls, you know, fuel additives products were, you know, were missing. And I, and so I was able to direct the attention of my sales team, my management staff to those areas. I mean, we'd seen people walk out with TVs and, and just all kinds of stuff. It's a challenge sometimes. So uh, what ended up happening again was we were recording our shrink as we went. And eventually it would come to happen that we would get an inventory service, Regis, come in. And they'd audit the stores on a monthly basis. Our location was, I mean, it was usually under $500. Because we were keeping up with that. So that's, I mean, running a tight ship, you're managing your shrink. I mean, I'm not saying it was less than $500. They were taking more, but we were doing something right because when the auditors came in, we weren't missing thousands of dollars like other locations were. At the end of the day, you know, we had some loss, but we weren't having these blowout audits that were causing stress and pressure for for you know other people within the organization um and the main thing though was that um our sales went up and they went up to the tune of about twenty thousand dollars a month average during the first year that i was at that location so you know i was curious hey why doesn't this why is this happening but more than curiosity, I, I actually took some action. So it's great if you're curious. That's where it kind of starts. And, and that's really the message here is if you notice something and you need to follow up, you need to look a little deeper. I can't tell you how many times I've had store managers who have a bad audit and they act like, they weren't expecting it. They had no idea that was happening. And as upset as I might be, as um, disappointed maybe as I might be, because I've got to explain to my boss, um, I've always asked him, think about it. Think about the events of the past month. There's always a sign. There's, there's always signs that something's going on. You know who your problems are. You know. I mean, you may not be able to prove it in a court of law, but you know who your problems are. You've walked by and you've sent something. Somebody said something. Somebody's situation changed. It's the same, you know, with sales. 
something isn't right, something's different, something's not, you're not getting, you need to dig a little deeper and find out what the root cause is. And once you eliminate the root cause, then it's not an issue anymore and you can move on. Um, so target your frequently occurring issues. Take a look and see what's happening and see what steps you can do to try to resolve that. Um, there are several other examples that I can give, and I'm sure I will, you know, over the course of time. And again, it's not really about me, um, but it's my story. And I, I, I can't tell you guys and share information and experiences with you uh, without including myself in there. So um, take a look at, at, at your situation and try to identify what's causing it. What, you know, eliminate those frequently occurring issues and you will, uh, your, your day will get so much easier. Your, your routine will get so much smoother and your, obviously your results are going to get a lot better. And, um, with that said, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, come to an end. Um, you know, I would, uh, by the time I left Joplin, sales had increased from the time I got there to the time I left by about $80,000 a month. Now, a lot of it was cigarettes, but I knew that that was my, uh, my bread and butter, so to speak. That's what bought people in. But there were other things that I did where I took initiative. And, you know, in October, I ordered a whole bunch of windshield wash and I ordered a whole bunch of antifreeze. So when the first cold snap hit, nobody had it except for us. And, you know, antifreeze isn't, isn't cheap. It's not inexpensive. But at any rate, $80,000 lift over the course of a couple of years, you know, that's, that's pretty good per month. So take a look at things. I'm telling you this because I know these things work and you can apply them um, at your location, everybody's different, and I understand demographics and location and, you know, geography and clientele and everything else, but, you know, you can increase your sales, and that's really what our goal should be as a store manager, as an, you know, an independent owner, as an operator. Um, I will say that uh, I am getting ready to go into summer, and I am available if anybody needs any help, uh, you can contact me at admin at cstorecenter.com is uh, the email address. And um, if you have any projects that you need help with, if uh, or if you just have questions, uh, by all means, um, I'll put my number out there as well. 217 is the area code 319-8933. And uh, again, my name is Mike Hernandez, and I'm your host, and I will talk to you next time. I hope to hear from you guys. If you have any input, uh, any questions, please send me questions, um, any questions you might have. There's a little project that I'm working on that will be beneficial to the entire industry. Uh, if uh, you guys can, you know, are okay with sending some questions. Uh, there's so much to cover, and... I have a, a good idea of how I want to do all this, but uh, at any rate, the questions, that's a big thing because if you have those questions, somebody else does. And again, I'm working on something that's going to make it uh, a lot easier for everybody. So 
Again, Mike Hernandez, I'll talk to you next time. Have a great week.